Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. Good morning. I am Nicolas Labatu. I have been living in Asia Pacific for the past 20 years, including 12 years in China, working for multinational companies. First, I worked for Thales, a French technology company, starting in Singapore, then in Shanghai, then in Beijing, then in Hong Kong, uh, then in Sydney, in Australia. I was working in finance, managing large B2B and B2G projects. Four years ago, I came back to China to join an education group as a regional finance director to support an exponential growth of schools in the region. During the past four years, the number of schools has grown up from eight to 19. And more recently, I decided to launch my own venture, a strategy consulting firm about China, advising foreign companies on the entry to China. It goes from the digital strategy definition and execution to the setting up of local partnerships. We serve uh, the B2C sectors that are in high demand in China, and this includes education groups, as it is an area I have some experience with. Also, uh, there is a strong appetite from foreign education groups to expand in China and a strong willingness from parents in China to offer an international and bilingual education to their children. And from a personal point of view, I am also an educator, raising up my three children and soon a fourth one. Hello, Nicholas. It's so nice to have you on the China Flexpad podcast. How did you get from a corporate finance job into the education industry? And which corporate finance skills could you use there? It's a question I am often asked, because it is quite unusual to change from corporate to education indeed. I had a great job when I was at Thales, with a good progression, the opportunity to live in different countries, with comfortable conditions. When I was contacted to come to China to take the role in an education group, I hesitated as I was going out of my comfort zone. I had to learn new skills, develop a new network, but I knew the education industry was booming in China. So I said to myself, let's take the chance. And we decided to come back to China. I quickly realized how fascinating it was to work in education. The sense of purpose is great. Your organization makes a direct impact on other people's life. You know that you contribute to a future of children on a sustainable manner. The schools your organization builds will still be there in 20 years, still educating kids. So you know that your organization makes an impact on the society. In terms of finance skills, I would say that the finance operation part in education is easier compared to the B2B world I was in before. But what was interesting was the M&A and the financing part, which is not something I was handling in Thales. Those are usually dealt centrally in large corporations. So to answer your question, Francis, moving from the corporate world to the education world was a big change. But I'm so happy to have made it four years ago. Why do Chinese and international schools need international teachers. We call them flexpats. In international schools, which are for foreign passport holders, it is quite obvious. International teachers are needed because the schools follow the international curriculum from the kindergarten to the high school. For bilingual schools, which are mostly attended by Chinese passport holders, international teachers are also needed. 
other schools have an international teaching element in it. Although the local curriculum is taught from grade 1 to grade 9, which is the compulsory education in China, there are some subjects taught in English. For example, the science, art subjects, and of course, English language. Actually, there is a strong demand to teach English language. So English teachers are in high demand in China. How can Flexpats find jobs in the Chinese education industries, both in international and bilingual schools? Well, there is the pre-COVID time and the current COVID time. Before COVID, most of Flexpats teacher jobs were found in international job fairs. For example, in London, in Dubai, in Thailand. Now, during COVID, it is more difficult for teachers to come from overseas because, as we know, the borders are closed. So there has been a kind of local job market for Flexpats. It is quite a competitive market as the pool of talents is limited, but there is a strong demand for international teachers with more and more schools opening. So there are some local agents helping teachers to find jobs. And teachers may also approach schools directly. Usually, the schools finalize their resources plans in January, so it is better for teachers to apply before, if they want to secure a job for the following academic year, starting in September. If you compare Flexpats working in China as international teachers and the same professionals working back home, what would be the main skills of Flexpats? The skill is to be a Flexpat rather than an expat. Why am I saying that? I think the first key skill is about adaptability. Teachers need to adapt to the Chinese environment. It is true, especially in bilingual schools, which are more local. Teachers will have to understand and respect the Chinese culture. For example, they will have to ensure that the teaching materials they use or they want to use are allowed in China. They will also have to learn to work with different procedures and processes. I remember a teacher who was always comparing his school in China with his previous school in the UK. I think this is not right. And flexpats need to adjust themselves to the new environment and they have to respect the local cultures. Having said that, this is also a great opportunity for teachers who are adaptable as they live a unique experience. The second key skill, in my opinion, is about resilience. It is more demanding to work in a private school in China compared to a public school in your home country. Workload is heavier. Sometimes teachers are invited to help for other activities, like, for example, helping for the open day for a new school on, during a weekend. But here also, this is an opportunity for motivated and resilient teachers to work on exciting activities and, of course, receive additional financial rewards. How should Flexpats prepare for a career in China? How can they use their time in China to prepare for what happens next after they leave China? I think they need to be ready to go out from their, from their comfort zone. When a teacher comes from the UK, from the Emirates, from France, from Germany, especially if he or she comes from the public system, there could be a cultural shock. It is probably okay to come to Shanghai because it's quite international, but some schools are in remote locations. Changsha, Foshan, take some schools in the far suburb of some cities. Life in those cities is quite different than life in London. But for a teacher who is curious, willing to learn new things, this is a fantastic experience. I don't think a career in China is made for everyone. And there needs to be a motivation to explore new things. 
Teacher packages are usually attractive compared to what a teacher receives in his home country. But I don't think compensation should be the only motivation before deciding to come to China. Another point is that this experience in China is great for the career of a teacher, especially if he or she joins a large organization with a big brand. The teacher can later move to another location within the same group, or go back to, to its home country. Or why not decide to stay in China and work for another organization? As I said earlier, international teachers are in high demand in China, so they usually have lots of opportunities. How can Flexpads start their own business? That's something I hear a lot. And what's really required to be successful? When I told my friends I was starting my own company, some of them told me I was crazy. Maybe I am. But I also think you need this bit of craziness and move out from your comfort zone to do things you really like. I've been working in large companies for 20 years and I liked my jobs. But I think you need to reflect on what you really want to do. Do you want a company to limit your scope or do you want to widen your scope? Do you want to work for someone or do you want to work for yourself? Yes, you may find a good boss who coaches you and helps you to grow in the organization. But you may also end up with a boss who has another agenda. So a few weeks ago, I decided it was the right time for me to start my own venture and manage my career the way I wanted. I just set up my consulting firm, Export to China, and I must say that the past few weeks have been the most enjoyable time of my career. You manage your time, you decide on the direction you want to take, you don't have to deal with politics or what is called the complicatedness. Your focus when you run your own business is about creating value for your clients. That's it. So you spend your energy on real value-added tasks. To answer your question about what it takes to be successful, it's still a bit early for me to give advice because I just started. But I would say before launching your business, you need three things. Number one, you need a market and potential clients. Unless you are Steve Jobs and have a product that will create its own demand, you need to tap into the clients who need your existing solutions. And there are many companies who want to enter China. Those are our clients our potential clients, and we help them with our experience of the China market. Second thing you need, in my opinion, is a team you can rely on and a team who can deliver your solutions. I set up a small team, a team I trust, not a team I micromanage. Last and not, and not least, I think you need, uh, you need a support and you need, you need resources. Entrepreneurship is quite demanding and you need to ensure that you have emotional support and financial resources before you start. Something that entrepreneurs are really concerned about is family and cost of living. Now you have three kids and how do you plan to pay the bills as an entrepreneur? It's a good question and it relates actually to my previous point. You need financial resources. The fact is, unlike flexpats or expat families, my wife also works. She has been running her own business for many years and this, this gives us a relatively stable source of income. We can afford taking a financial hit with me not having an income for a few months. And I would say it's like an investment. You spend money today to receive a higher return tomorrow. What I can say is that this entrepreneurship journey gives me a great flexibility to manage my time and gives me the chance to refocus on the priorities. For example, picking up my kids from schools, 
helping my wife during her pregnancy. This is something I did not do enough during my corporate role, but now I have freedom and the flexibility to do it. If you talk to French or German flexpats, let's say your friends and my friends, and you have this education background, which school system would you recommend to them? I think each school has its own pro and cons. But personally, I favor the international schools because of the diversity. There are more than 30 nationalities in the schools my kids are attending. And this is a great opportunity for my kids to learn about how diverse we are, to learn about tolerance, and to learn more about other countries. I find it quite funny when we organize or invite it to birthday parties. It looks like an Olympic event with so many countries represented. Some schools are less international because they were set up initially to educate the kids from a specific country, like France or like Germany, for example. Those schools are very good and they teach French and German better than any other school, but they are less diverse, at least for now. So I would say it's really a question of choice. Again, personally, with three kids who lived in many different countries, speak three languages, I prefer fully international schools. And if we were to live in Europe tomorrow, my kids would likely go to an international school to keep their mindset and their language skills. Nicholas, would you please share one last piece of advice for flexpats, especially international teachers? I think sometimes China can be perceived negatively by international teachers for various reasons. But for teachers, and more generally for executives, who want an exciting challenge, who are curious, who want a rewarding experience, I would tell them, dare and go to China. Leave your comfort zone. Thank you so much for coming on the China FlexPet podcast. Thank you for being part of China Flexpot community. Visit our website at chinaflexpot.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Goodbye and zaijian.